Restore Gospel Podcast is happy to present episode 15, Stories of the Saints. Our guest today, I'm just going to say this, it may be a little awkward, it may be a different type of interview because it is my lovely wife, Kristen Barrett. Some of the questions I am asking as I interview her today, I already know the answers to, but for the sake of our listeners, I'm going to ask them anyway. She has agreed to be on today. She has a magnificent story, a story of how the Lord can take broken things and make them whole. And I'm just not going to delay and welcome her into the studio. So welcome, Kristen. Hello. Hello. How weird is this? (laughs) It's a little weird. I think we may be opening up a whole new way to communicate here at the house, at the cottage studios in the basement. What do you you think? (laughs) Yeah, probably. So when we have our differences, we say, let's go downstairs and sit at an eight-foot table. I just want to start by asking you, what's your background uh, growing up? Did you grow up in a Christian home? Did you know the Lord? Did you go to church? Um, Tell me about that. I grew up going to um, a Baptist church, and um, my sister and I would go every Sunday to church. My mom wouldn't go with us, but she would send us, and yeah. So you you grew up Christian? Yeah. Believing in God? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. We've been wanting to do your story... I've been wanting to do your story for some time. I just haven't asked you. And it seemed like all of the stars aligned just in the past couple of weeks, things that have gone on in our family. And um, at the last minute, um, we weren't able to record our regular weekly podcast this week. And so I just turned to you and said, will you, will you be willing to share your story? And you agreed. I was so pleased. And surprised. <laughs> I had, I didn't have a good reason to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Other than you're extremely shy and you don't like to share your... Uh, well, there's that. Yeah. But you've shared your testimony at times. Bits and, and pieces, yes. You've gone through a lot in your life, and yeah. um, as we all do, but nobody's immune from the storms of life. And you've had quite a few storms in your life. And when we met... I saw, uh, I just, I saw this person that was, I just thought that gal needs, is that gal has been through a lot and needs some help. Just listening to you talk to your friends and things, not needs help, but I just thought, how can she be okay? You know, listening to that. So let's, let's talk about your story today. Um, so you were, you were born and raised Christian. You said you had us, you have an older sister. Yes. Okay. And where were you born at? Payola, Kansas. Payola, Kansas. Tiny, tiny town. But uh, okay, so Carl Junction's the name I know. What 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 was that? Carl Junction's where we lived. Um, we moved there when I was two. And that's in Missouri. It is down Out, by Joplin. Yeah, outside of Joplin. So Southern Missouri gal. Yep. Um, growing up, you uh, you had a father, and tell me about your first, your father, your birth father. My birth father and my mom got divorced when I was two. Um, I don't really have any memories of him. I don't really know too much about him. Um, all that I really know is he decided he didn't want to be a father anymore. I don't know much more than that. And so I think we might have seen him once or twice, but I don't really have any memories of seeing him. Okay. And you haven't had any contact with him? No. Since then? So nope. he he up and left when you were two? Yep. And your sister would have been, what, three or four? Four. four. Yep. Um, your mom then subsequently remarried? Yes. Okay. And how, uh, who, how, what's your memory of that man? Pretty good. I mean, we had a pretty good, pretty good life. And we'd go camping and okay, have fun, but it, but you ended up losing him as well. Is that right? I did. He died of a heart attack when I was 16. Okay, um, and then after that, you went off to college. I did, I went to um, Southwest Missouri State for about a year, year and a half, 
Okay. Had a couple of relationships there. I know uh, you told me, you know, weren't treated really well by at least one or two of those. And yep. Kind of abusive situation. Yeah. Not, not the best pick of boyfriends, but. You, um, you eventually moved up into the Kansas City area. Yeah. Our family moved to Lee Summit when I was 13. All right. So your, so your stepdad died up here yeah. in Lee Summit when, mm-hmm. when you were 16. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you like? You went to school locally, and I know it's interesting where you go to church now. Um, you weren't raised in the Restoration, like you said, you Baptist beginning, right. but um, but where you go to church now, I think there's several people that you ended up going to high school with. Is that there's, right? There's a couple in our congregation. There's a couple other people in our congregation that I went to high school with, yes. Tell me about, so you met a young man and were married. Yes. How old were you when you got married? I was 23. And how did you meet? I met him because I knew his brother. And started dating. Yep, started dating. Got married. Got married. Had a Weston. Had a Weston. But before you had a Weston, you... Um, you were pregnant? I was, yes. I did lose a child. I had a stillborn before I had Weston. So you carried him the length of the... 31 weeks yeah. is when I lost him. How long before... I know it wasn't too long before you got pregnant again with Weston. About four months. So being a man and not understanding anything about carrying a child within me, what was that... But I know maybe some of our listeners have gone through similar things. What was that like to, um, how did you process that? What was some of the the feelings surrounding um, then the death of your first one? Definitely. I mean, there was sadness and, you know, just the normal grieving process. And, you know, it was kind of harder because his autopsy was perfectly normal. The cord wasn't wrapped around his neck, so they don't really know why I I had a why I lost him. Um, I had a really bad bladder infection about a week before and started going into labor, so they had to stop my labor and put me on antibiotics. But it's one that my doctor said that they use all the time in pregnant women and didn't really see any link to causing the death of my child. Um, so. You know, just the normal grieving process. I came to be at peace with it because I it I came to the understanding that there's only two souls that know that child, myself and God. Mm. Wow, that's that's beautiful. And you had a name for him. His name was Tyler Weston. Tyler Weston. Awesome. Which is the reason why Weston has his name now. Okay. Did you um, did you feel like you had a relationship with the Lord when you went through that process, or where were you at with your walk with Christ during that time in your life? I mean, I still, I knew. I mean, I still, I knew, I knew the Lord, but I wasn't faithful. I guess is what you would say. Probably fallen away. Not an active, not really? yeah, not active. I guess is the right word, mm-hmm. but believed in, but but not a relationship with. Yes. Okay. So not too much long after. How how much longer was it until you were pregnant with Weston? About four months. Four months. So I delivered my stillborn on June fourth of oh three. Oh, Weston was boy. born on June first. Of 04. So for a two-year period, I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> now tell me, so after going through the stillborn and going through that grieving process and then getting pregnant so soon, was there fear? There was. There was fear-related, and it obviously made me a high-risk pregnancy. So I was at my doctor's office quite a lot, had several non-stress tests, had a couple couple week-long stints in the hospital 
with him as well. Okay, so I had a couple stints in the hospital prior to having him. Um, at about 20 weeks, I had some bleeding issues, so I couldn't work on my feet anymore. Had to take a light-duty job, and um, that's when I started doing the desk work at the hospital. And I was able to do that for about a month. Then I started having contractions and dilating, so I got to go on bed rest at home for the rest of my pregnancy. That had to be a trial uh, going through what you did, I would think. It was because I that at that time you got 12 weeks to use as extended sick time in a 365-day period. So since I had already used some when I had the delivery of my stillborn, I no longer had 12 weeks available. Mm. So by the time I actually delivered my son, Weston, I was on a six-week unpaid leave of absence. No income coming in. Correct. How did you get by? Like, how did you make money? Your, your husband was working? Yes, and it, everything was tight. Very, very, very tight. So you were a two-income family? At that time, yeah. Uh, well, I can imagine the spirit, or I, I would think it would, would have been hard also just wondering, like, is this going to, you know, is he going to come out okay? Is he going to yeah, there were, yeah, there, yeah, there were worries. And when I had gone into labor with Weston early and they did have to give me medication to stop that, there was worries there. They wanted to give me the same medication that they had given me mm. when I had gone into premature labor the first time. And I did not want to take that medication because nobody could tell me a reason why right. I lost the baby. So, so, so I ref I opted not to take that medication. Mm. So they had to give me something different and um, the steroid shots to make sure his lungs developed quickly and just in case they couldn't get everything to stop. But they were able to stop it and spend about a week in the hospital. Then I got to go home and finish out on bed rest. Um, the doctor told me if I made it to 35 weeks, he would not stop the labor again. And I made it to about 36, 37 before Weston made his debut. So a little, a few weeks early. Yeah. But he came out. He came out quickly. And he was a wonderful blessing to you. Yes. Some, uh, especially considering, you know, just a year earlier what you yep. went through. All right. So. You and your husband married, get this little baby. Um, you know, we all struggle with things in life and, and we all have our we all have our our demons we wrestle with. Your marriage wasn't perfect. You had no. some ups and downs. We had we had quite a few downs and our downs were pretty far down. Mm -hmm. What were some of the struggles that you had? Um Jake liked to drink, and um, he was just looking for acceptance, mm -hmm. is what I've learned from after he passed. I learned more about him and his family background, his family background, and just understood him a little bit more and the struggles that he had. He, he had a rough background. He, he did have a pretty rough background, and um, so he was looking for acceptance, and the way he was finding it was drinking and partying and being out late and not really being a father mm -hmm. or a husband. He was enjoying playing more so than, but not that he didn't love his family, but he was enjoying his playing. Mm -hmm. And that led to some, um, led to some infidelity issues. And mm -hmm. did he, uh, so were you, did you, weren't you separated at one point? For a little while, yes. Um, I moved back in, Weston and I moved back in with my mom for a little while while um, we tried to figure some stuff out. And you ended up trying to stay together and yes. work, work things out? Yes, we did. So I know um, there was a, there was a time when you said, I think, well, tell me about it. Tell me about the night um, that he called you. And one, one of the um, 
one of our issues with his drinking, um, Weston was not even a year old yet. And, um, he had called and said, Hey, I, I can't drive home. I've had too much to drink. I need you to come get me. It's about three o'clock in the morning. So I had to load up our sleeping child to go to the bar to pick him up. And that I imagine got old. And so I know there came a night when he asked you to come get him again. And I think you said Weston was sick or it was late at night or you were just um, said, I'm done doing that or. No, I think the night you're referring to is, um, Weston was not a good sleeper as a baby. Mm-hmm. He did not consistently sleep through the night till well after his second birthday. Um, the night you're referring to, it was late. He wasn't home yet. And um, he had gone to the bar after work. He had called me and told me, well, let me back up just a little bit. Weston had been up a few, up and down a few times that night. Mm-hmm. And um, shortly after Weston had gone back down, I think for the second time, um, he called me and told me he was on his way home. He was leaving the bar and he was coming home. And he never made it home. And you fell asleep that night? I... Stayed awake for a while, tried calling him several times, and then I finally fell back to sleep for a few hours. And then about 5 or 5.30 in the morning, I think it would it would have been, Weston was up again. So I got up to get him, and um, Jake wasn't there. And I happened to um, turn on the news. And they were doing a news report about a highway being shut down due to a fatality accident. And that's when I saw his truck. On the news. On the news. I can't imagine that moment, everything that flooded through your mind. So I quickly made some phone calls to the police department to find out. And it was confirmed over the phone that, yes, that was his his truck and that he had died in that wreck. So basically for where he wrecked at, he had wrecked probably right after he got off the phone with me telling me he was on the way home. Rough moment in your life. Not the best day I had. Yeah. So we share these things um, because... All of these things in your life kind of culminated, and and here you are with a newborn. Uh, not a, not no, not he real was, newborn. He no, was how old? Fifteen? About eighteen, 18 months, months. About yeah, a little. He was around a year okay. and a half when it happened. So less than two years old. Yes. Um, you don't have a terribly high paying job. You've, no, you've got a consistent job. I have a consistent job. He worked construction, so he didn't always have a job, and at that point. He had just taken a new job working for his good friend driving 18-wheel trucks. Oh. So there, he had just started it, so there was basically no income. There's no life insurance. And actually at that time, because we were struggling to make ends meet, he actually did not have any insurance on the vehicle that he wrecked. So one of the blessings that came out of this was it was a single car accident and he was the only one in the vehicle. So the blessing is since he didn't have insurance, he didn't hurt anybody else Mm -hmm. because it would have destroyed our family financially Mm -hmm. if he would have hurt anybody. How did you make it through that time? Do you remember? Um, I called my mom right away. She came over. I um, was able to get hold of his mom. And she had already known because 
she actually was going to be the one to come over to tell me she just wanted the t- to wait a little more into the morning to make sure that we were up. She knew because the address that was on his driver's license was still her address. Right. It was actually her old address. She had just recently moved. So they found out who he was. Yes. And the per, and so they went to the address that was on his driver's license, which um, the people that bought that house were his little sister's best friend. So she wasn't sure if she should direct them to me or to his mom. Mm-hmm. And so she directed the police to his mom. Got you. So then you found out. So I found out via the news and calling the police station. And then um, I had called her. So fast forward through the next few months, you're, you continue to work. I do. I was off. I only took a couple weeks off because I needed to get back to work for them for money. Yeah. And And for for my sanity, Mm -hmm. because I needed to figure out what I needed to do. During this time, um, still kind of the same with the Lord. You know, he's there, but not a active, close relationship. Correct. And um, you were working at a local hospital uh-huh. and ended up transferring at some point out to the Lee Summit area. Yeah, so, I was actually there. Um, I went, I started there uh, about two to three months before he passed. Okay, so you were already in the Lee Summit (laughs) branch. (laughs) And eventually, I worked for the same hospital and transferred out to that branch. And our paths, well, tell us, where did our paths cross? (laughs) Our paths crossed when I um, took a position in the emergency room. Yeah. And for quite a while, I was on a different shift. Yeah, you worked nights. I worked days. So we... We saw each other in passing for about a half an hour, maybe twice a day. Yeah. Or, but but I never, knew who you were, but I didn't know. You loved calling me on the phone to come in for extra shifts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I ended up taking a mid-shift or something where we ended up starting to work a few hours together. And over mm-hmm. time, um, over time, we began to talk. And I, I would hear bits and pieces of you talking to other people and just kind of knew a little bit. And at some point figured out, I knew you had a child. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the history of whether he was, uh, you know, whether you were divorced or mm-hmm. there was no dad in the picture or anything like that. But but, but how did uh, how did you meet your husband, Kristen? How did, those, <laughs> how did that transpire? <laughs> um, we met working together in the emergency room. Um, when you went to the mid shift and we started actually working together, I think we started a friendship and just, you know, getting to know people better. And our story began with friendship, really. Right. I remember, um, you inviting me over to Mm -hmm. watch a movie Mm -hmm. several times. We never did watch a movie. No, we talked a lot, (laughs) but, uh, we would just sit there and talk Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was quite evident to me early on that that you were just... Um, I was angry. Yeah, tell me about that anger. Yeah, because you've said that several times. You, you, I remember you described it one day as like, I just want to punch everybody I see. And that's so <laughs> unlike... People that know you now would be like, what? <laughs> there was a lot of anger inside. There was, you know, hurt and anger just for the situation that I was in and... Why did I like, was there questions of why or? I don't think I really asked why. Mm-hmm. I think it was just more of the anger of just all of the mourning process, I guess, that you go through mm. and just trying to figure out how to survive and how to parent a toddler and work full time. And, work full time. and I was still going to school as well. I was blessed. I'm very blessed that my mom is local and was more than willing to help me in any way. And, you Mm -hmm. know, she cared, she cared for and watched Weston a lot and which really increased their bond and relationship, which is, I didn't have that kind of relationship with my grandparents growing up because we were three hours apart. 
where he's 15 minutes, mm. just a phone call away. And, you and, know, and your mom remarried after yeah. your second father had died. Yeah. So I was about 20. Yeah, I was about 20 when they got married. So interesting. This is an interesting note. So she she met a man online. Yes, yes they, they met online. And where was he from? The great state of what? Ohio. <laughs> and where's your husband from? Ohio. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, but and this, he grew up yeah, in the RLDS church. He grew up in the RLDS church. Going, going to the same church camps that you went to. That I went to many years later. Camp yes. Bountiful in the hills of Ohio. Yes. Um, they do not follow that doctrine anymore. But yes, he he grew up with that background. Yes. That's still uh, very... I just find that a very unique coincidence or a very... And my stepfather, mm-hmm. his mother was in the RLDS church as well. And at that time was when the split was happening, from my understanding. And his mom was getting ordained. And my mom did not really care for that. And so had a distaste of the RLDS... Mm-hmm. from that time forward mm-hmm. and she never practiced she never went to any rlds services or anything like that when she started going back to church she started going back at a non-denominational or or baptist okay so when when you and i started talking and uh, i would come over to your house and we, we would talk for hours at a time or i would let you talk for hours at a time and we just kind of discuss things i remember very clearly Somewhere I had had a good piece of advice along the road or had learned something that when women are telling you problems or just discussing things, you don't try to fix it. You just listen. And so I just remember that advice very loudly in my head. And so I thought, I'm just going to be here and listen. And that was hard for me. Like I didn't preach or tell you too much. What's your perspective on that? That was actually what I needed because I needed to process through what I was feeling. And that was one of the things that was different with you. You weren't pushy. You weren't, oh, I don't know what's the word. You you didn't try to tell me what I needed to do to fix it or or try to fix it. You let me process it through and work through what I needed to work through. Yeah, I, it's interesting because as we as we began to uh, develop a friendship, uh, at some point I realized I kind of have feelings for this girl, and there's no way this is going to turn out right. She's younger than me. I remember one night, one day, you specifically we were talking on the phone. You said, "I never want to get married again. I don't want to. I don't want to live in Jackson County." And like. <laughs> And in my mind, I'm like, I moved to Jackson County, Missouri from Ohio for one purpose, because of the church and because I wanted to find a, a, a godly woman to marry. And um, and here's this woman telling me she doesn't even want to live here and she doesn't want to get married. So that was things like that happened along the way. Yes. And, and yet I could not walk away for some reason. Here we are married 12 years later. Are you sure it's 12? This year's 12. <laughs> So as we, uh, tell me about that relationship. Uh, we began to talk. Um, how did that anger, tell me what happened to that? Because um, you had st- just started going I to church. I had started going back to church, yes. Um, so as our friendship started, um, right before that, I had a feeling that I don't know if it was a, hey, you need to change what you're doing, how you're living. It was a, there is better out there. I know there's better out there. There's better ways out there. And I need to change what I'm doing back to those better ways. And so my mom was going to a non-denominational big church at the time. So um, I started going back with her. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say Every Sunday because I, you know, of our, because of our job. Right. 
there were Sundays that I had to work. And even on some Sundays that I didn't work, I didn't always go, but I was getting back to going and starting to have that walk with the Lord again. There was one day that you were over at the house and you said, I have to tell you something. (laughs) Whoa, what did I tell you? Do you remember what you told me? I think I probably told you I was a minister or something to that effect and that that was an important part of my life and it kind of defined who I was and I could never kind of part from that. Yes. I didn't know how you were going to take that. Do you remember my response? <laughs> I think you said something like, I kind of figured something like that. Yes. <laughs> Which is not totally bad. But you saw something. <laughs> yes, that was my response. So therefore you were doing what you were supposed to do. You were living what you were supposed to be living. Even though you were scared to call me at first. Yes. But So yeah, I told you about that, and I think you started to go to church with me. We did go to church. I did go to church with you a couple times when you were going to one of the local branches. Um, and then we also started, you brought a call at evening home. Or to over to my house. A book. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. book, I'll call it evening. You brought it over. And um, we started reading that. And then, um, yeah. We read a number of books, I think, together. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, I, I think one day you had a dinner with your, or a lunch. And oh, yeah. Your- I went and some, my sister was in town and... Um, I had gone over to my mom's house to see her and my sister and they were just asking me, you know, just cause they didn't really know much about what the restoration was and, um, what the doctrine was. And so when I said, yes, they believe in the same Jesus that you believe in. No, they do not worship Joseph Smith. They worship Jesus and God. And from then on, everything was fine. Did you ever have a problem with the, so as we began to talk and you found out about the Book of Mormon, had you heard about that book? I had heard about it. I'd never seen it or read it or anything. Okay. So no, so no terrible uh, feelings one way or another. No. When, um, when we started talking about the Lord and you started going to church, you told me when you were younger that you had a thought when you went to a church camp when you were younger. Do you remember that? Yeah. So I was baptized in the Baptist church when I was eight. Um, and then I went to one church camp my whole life. <laughs> um, and I was early teens, early, early teens when I went to it. And I just had this feeling that I needed to be rebaptized. Mm-hmm. Didn't know why. Just had a feeling that I needed to be rebaptized. And you said, as we were, um, you had some other questions in your life that you. Never- I yes, I had asked about um, does God still talk to man today? And um, I never got a satisfactory answer. I was always told that was at that for that time Mm -hmm. and that we, you know, that doesn't really happen now. That God had an appointed time in history and we got the Bible and shut the book on that. And yeah. But if, if you read in the scriptures and God is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow, then why wouldn't he still talk to (laughs) talk to us today? People might wonder, Kristen, why, well, so when we got married, you weren't, we did end up getting married. We did get married. Did I spoil the story? <laughs> <laughs> and no, I was not a member when we got married. Right. I was attending, but not a member. You and I began reading the Book of Mormon together. Yes. And in my mind, I thought, well, I can't marry this person if they're not a baptized member of the church. And um, we did end up going to marriage counseling. Mm-hmm with a very great couple of the Baileys, which I'm sure some of our listeners have probably used for their Yes, counseling. yes. 
In the middle of that, I asked a question to the counselors, and I said, well, what about the scripture that says if you marry somebody outside of your religion that you're weak in the faith? Or if you marry somebody outside of your faith, then you're weak, you're considered weak, or something to that effect. And um, and he asked me, he said, well, is she outside of your faith? And I thought about that, and I thought, well, this is like the kindest woman I've ever met. Um, and as we were dating, I watched this this very angry person. It was almost weekly. It was almost palpable. Just begin to change and release and open up and become. And I was able to see this very beautiful person. And it was so kind and just had so much compassion for other people. As that, as that transpired and as he asked me that question, I thought, well, she's not been baptized by water, but if I've ever met someone that I felt was um, a follower of Jesus and his ways, as far as how they treat other people, then she is of the same faith as me. And so I had zero, zero uh, hesitation about and then asking you to marry me. And so tell me from your perspective, what... What was your attitude towards the church? You knew uh, we did talk about it, and and I think I told you at one time if if you can't see yourself being baptized and being a part of 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 the belief that I have, then um, it's probably not going to work. And uh, what what is your response to that? Do you remember that? I don't remember that conversation at all. <laughs> I think you you said if things continue and you continue on the path you're on that yet you would be baptized one day that you saw that happening but um but anyway we were about halfway through the book of mormon and we never did finish it to get we finished it but we didn't finish it before we got married but right. at some point i think you said i don't need like i believe this is true yeah i didn't it was finishing that wasn't what I, you know, needed needed to solidify anything. That's well put. That's so one thing in our history is it's often been the Book of Mormon has been this big hurdle. And um, and the litmus test is you accept the Book of Mormon or you don't, you know, it's the word of God or it's not. And so tell our listeners, Kristen, what was it that converted you? What was it that told you there's something different about this people? Well, it was not the Book of Mormon. It was watching the interactions that you had with your friends. Um, I saw interactions where there was just this love of each other that I had never seen in any of the friendships that I had had up to that point. Um, when I started to release my anger and go back to church and kind of move into letting go of all that hurt, I also walked away from everybody pretty much that I knew because those friendships were all surface level. Mm -hmm. What I saw with you and your friends that were the same faith as you was this deep love and appreciation and just I had never seen that in friendships like for you and one of your friends in particular you guys had lost touch not that you had had lost touch you didn't stay in as close contact as you do now for a while but there was still this love and acceptance like you had just seen them the other day mm. And that was what was the telling thing, that there's something different. Mm. I think that's so good for for us all to remember. Um, I was wondering myself, with so many um, failed relationships uh, with girls of other faiths, I thought, and then watching so many of my friends, you know, when I look back to my church camp days, um, I think of like my brother-in-law and I, myself both attended the same camp in Ohio, but most of the people that we went to camp with have left the church or have, I don't know of hardly any that are still active. And I've always wondered why, you know, why is this gospel, why do people leave the gospel? Is it not, um, is it not relevant anymore? Is it not life changing anymore? And 
Kristen, to see you come in and see the impact that it had on someone who obviously the Holy Spirit had been priming for this time in their life, then it was like a miracle, like the gospel of Jesus Christ is still able to heal people and is still something that people need. I mean, here we are in 20, you know, the, the 2000s and you're this little, you're this girl that was been hurt and, and angry and had gone through a lot of trauma in her life and you found something that healed you. And yep. it wasn't me. It was No. It was this love of Christ. Yep. Relevant today has any any other time in history? Yep. People still need that they need each other they need the lord <laughs> so one day we were watching a, and i gotta say that i'm so thankful to the people of the colbert road branch yes they really mentored you they did there were some people there that stepped in and just befriended you mm-hmm. and asked you to participate in things yes take an active role in things. Yes. And that helped your faith walk, I think, yes. with the Lord. Yeah. And I was baptized, and it was on our first wedding anniversary. <laughs> yeah, that was right. By you. <laughs> that was a good day. I remember one time, because I didn't really push you, but you told me we were sitting in the church one day, and we were watching a baptism. And remember what Weston, your son, said? He, and he was little. Weston asked me, Mom, why are you, what are you waiting on? You just walk down the stairs, go underwater, come back up, and walk back out. <laughs> and he was, what, probably four? Four or five. Yeah. But for whatever reason, something. That's what stuck in his brain. And that something clicked with you, and you thought, what am I waiting for? Yep. Yeah. Um, You know, Krista, I... It's amazing how the Lord takes sadness and brokenness. You know, I was married before, and that yep. marriage ended on um, not because I wanted it to, but that's all I'll say about that. But people have their thoughts on that. But the Lord took two broken things. Yep. And I had gotten to a point in my life where I was actually satisfied with being alone and who I was and where I was at. And yet he made this beautiful, this beautiful family. And Mm -hmm. I never, I always prayed for a righteous wife. I never prayed for a son or a daughter. I guess I thought that would come along later. But the first time I saw Weston, he was standing at the top of the stairs when I came over and, and he introduced himself and ran off. And, um, and I was pretty standoffish at first. I didn't, I remember you asked me one day, I just worried that you don't like my son. And, you, and I said, I didn't want you to think I was trying to cuddle up to you by being uh, frenzies with him, right? Right. So, but him and I have been... You guys have been good buddies for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when he started switching from Mike to dad to Mike in the same sentence, and he was confused and, mm-hmm. and being able to say, it's all right, you can, you can call me dad. I wanted to point out, um, early on in our relationship, with the loss of your husband, there was a family, you know, Weston's grand grandma and that side of the family. Yes. Um, of course, with everything that happened, you can imagine all of the emotions that, yeah. that were going on. Um, things weren't great, were they? For no. A while? No, things weren't good for our, for a little while. Things were pretty ugly for a, for a little while. They were. And of course, me being in love with you and wanting to protect you, I would get angry at the situation and want to, you know, just, just be mad and have unrighteous feelings. Yes. But um, uh, besides healing you, I think there's been a great healing that we've seen there in, in has. relationship. Yes. Our, our relationship is one now that is much more of a give and take relationship and one that I can just call her up and say, Hey, here's what's going on, and she's very receptive to it now. Yeah, we we went from you know the court getting involved and everything to um, I think just some healing, and I think and we don't need to get into all that, but I know that there's been words and 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 apologies made, yes. and we went from being very you know 
by the uh, by the book by the book abrasive kind of heads you know this is going to be this way and that way to um just a friendship and she came to weston's baptism yes she did yep so that was uh it was just a big blessing to me because yeah there's healing is the right word there's been a lot of healing there she um um i'm well aware that we have this great blessing but it came because a woman lost her son, mm-hmm. you know, and I found that somewhere found from being angry at what was going on to that compassion of what's that? That's got to be terrible. Yeah. And how much Jesus loves each one of us the same. You yeah. Know? Yeah. She was dealing with a lot of hurt because I lost a husband. She lost a son. And, um, about a year before that, she had lost her husband as well. So she was still dealing with a lot of hurt and not knowing, you know, how to work through those feelings. Yeah. Well, tell me, sum up your life today compared to those times. And like, what what would you tell people that the Lord... You know, big picture. What 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 has the Lord done for you? What would you tell people that have gone through struggles, that are hurting, that uh, are angry? What what I mean, what's what's the gist of all that? Um. Well, I've said it a few times in this last week with all the changes in our family that's going on right now. Um, I have always been taken care of and blessed, if even if it wasn't the way I wanted it to be or the outcomes that I wanted, I was still taken care of and blessed through those times. You, you had opportunity to not work and take money, but you continued to work and fight through things. Yes. Um, nobody's immune from the trials of life. Are they regardless of race, sex, color, gender, poverty, richness, where you live? Yep. Does that give you a does that give you a certain perspective on things? My perspective on things is you got to respect the other person. You don't have to agree with them, but you can respect them. Mm-hmm. And I believe that respect is that love that Jesus tells us to have for our fellow man. I don't have to see eye to eye with you on everything, but I do have to treat you with respect because the Lord loves you just as much as he loves me. <laughs> so just last week, at the beginning of last week, um, of course, we've had this COVID-19 and then we've had all of the civil unrest in the country. And yep. it's been a difficult... Been a difficult few months. Emotionally for every American. Yep. And... Being in healthcare, um, certainly a different, little different perspective. You see things uh, because of everything that happened. You know, the hospitals lost a lot of money. Um, and last week, we found out you were let go from your job. Yep. How long had you worked there? Close to twenty years. You you like to say it was my only adult job. <laughs> it was my first adult job, and I never left it. Yeah. So that's been your world. Yeah. I mean that one that one health system, yes. You've you've changed positions, positions and and locations, but ne- always within the same health system. And within, you know, knowing friends and bosses that would help. Yes. Hey, why don't you come work here? Why don't you? And so that's a big yeah. that's a big uh, security blanket. That's a big safety net. That's yeah. a big um people knew your work ethic. I never Never thought that I would be in a position where they said, hey, we are um, not going to have your position anymore. Right. Yeah, because healthcare typically has been not able to find enough workers. Correct. And if you show up and do your job and do it good, then there's not, usually not a problem. Correct. Yeah, so it was really interesting filling out unemployment when it asks you, if you were in discipline as the reason why you were leaving your job, why you were let go from your job and you say no, but then it still asks you how many warnings you were given and all these other things. It's like, I didn't get let go because of my work. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I think it's a testament also to your character that mm-hmm. your boss said the most, the nicest thing to you. She did. What'd she say? Well, one of the things she told me was she would give up three others just to keep me. <laughs> but she told you. She wrote me a note that said she didn't enjoy working with me because I was a good worker, but because I was a good person. Mm. And that's something we heard in a sermon this past week. That What's our calling each day when we wake up? whether it's Monday morning or Friday night or, or Saturday morning, whether it's a weekend or a work day, our calling is to glorify Christ yep. wherever we are. And I think that's a testament to you that, that through your trials that you've been through and your, your sadness and your loss and your anger, and you, you've could have lashed out at God and gone down any number of paths that would have led away from him. And yet through his grace and love, you responded and, he called you back and you yeah. came and you're at a point now instead of being angry and wanting to punch everybody you see. <laughs> I am surprisingly at peace right now. I mean, I have little thoughts and lingers and Sure. But for the most part I have peace right now. For the unknown. Um Do you have any advice for um, people that are searching, that wonder about God, that are angry at God? Um, I guess it would be that you got to just trust that there's a reason for it and that you will be better for the trial that you're in. And what? that even though we don't always get the outcome that we want, that doesn't mean we are loved any less. Mm. That's wise words. What's your perspective on America right now and people that may be losing hope, um, you know, due to everything going on? Um, because you you haven't had an easy life. You've you've had a lot of heartbreak in your yeah. life. What, what's your perspective on what's going on right now? I guess it just shows how much people have gone away from the Lord, mm-hmm. and how worldly we have gotten, and how um, reliant. I guess reliant. I don't know if that's the right word on the world that we've become that I should get and I should get instant gratification for everything that I do. I shouldn't have to hurt and I shouldn't have to be told no is the way I view is the way that I see the world right now, that that's the way people are acting and that is not, the case that was never guaranteed that we will have it easy. Mm. I think that too. I think people want everything to be perfectly just, perfectly righteous, perfectly fair. And it's not, it was never fair from the beginning. It wasn't fair from the beginning from, from man's viewpoint. Correct. Yeah. But what would you say to the people? What would you say to the people of the quote restoration, the church that you're involved with, the church that you have come to uh, participate in? Yeah, you. I know you don't. I know you grasp a lot of things because because your husband talks with people all the time about <laughs> things that are going on with the Lord and things, but in the church. But you've heard conversations that I've had with my friends. But what's your perspective on the church, and what would you say to the church? The church today, as you know, the Church of Christ that we go to, what would you say to them? That the pride needs to go and that we need to get back to loving each other. And it goes back to the respect thing. We don't have to agree on everything, but you have to love them enough to respect them. And I think if we can do that, then it would heal a lot of um, hearts that are have been hardened 
over some of the decisions that have been made? It's, it's something we say, but it's hard to do, isn't it's, it? It's not easy to do, no. It takes an extra... Um, it takes the Lord to be able to do it. You know, when we were, ha- we were having a conversation recently, and I came to realize, and, I, and, and it was interesting, you had already come to this realization, but we were talking about, like, how do you work at some place for 20 years and, and get let go? Is there not, you know, what about yes. seniority? And there's there no other position in this place that, you know, yes. that I can work at and... If I were if I were the one chosen to be able to keep my position, it means someone else would have been let go. Right. And no, you wouldn't wish that on anybody. And because they're just as important in the Lord's eyes as I am. Yeah. And I was thinking about that one day, like why Kristen when she's been so good and I and it was it just came to me at the same it's like because they're his children too and mm-hmm. he loves them too. And I just thought this father up there has to balance so many things <laughs> to make sure that that people that yeah. that that they have what they need to to still make it through this that the load's not too heavy that they yep. can still carry on and come to know him. Yep. And that's a beautiful perspective. I'm glad that you have that. Not that there's not challenges and, and no, and there's hurts there's and, still hurt there, sure. but yeah. But I mean, that's just part of being a person. Where's your hope lie today, given what society's heading and what's in the future for your son? What's, where's your hope today? What do you? Well, my hope is that people will see this, can use this time to get back to the Lord, to get back to the things that really matter. And that is having your heart changed so you can love and get back to the Lord. I love seeing the world through your eyes. One of my, one of the hardest things for all of this is not, um, not just, not what's going on, but it's knowing you. I think I told you recently, it's, I'm married to you. You're my wife. And it's been a pleasure to know you and to, and to get married and to, to be your companion. But I realized just this past week as you lost your job and I watched you hurt and I knew there was not a thing I could do to fix the hurt um, other than to just give you to the Lord that as so quickly the next, and, and then to watch you have to go back to work for two days and the, the grace and the character that you kept to make sure everybody else had what they needed to carry on. Um, I realized that, it's a pleasure to be married to you, but it is also a pleasure to know you as a person. Well, and that um, if we weren't married, it would be a pleasure to know you as a person. You are a good person, and I know it's because of Jesus. And yep. you, you could be a completely different person today if, yeah. if, uh, if you had carried on with the anger and things. Yeah, yep. Luckily, I wasn't far enough down those paths that I couldn't turn around and come back. Yeah. And a good-looking man came to help you out. <laughs> well, I promised one little brown curly-haired girl a milkshake if she would come down here and talk. <laughs> so I think it's almost milkshake time. Okay, good. Is that still a deal? That's still a deal. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, for sharing your story, Kristen. Um, seeing the world through your eyes is uh, has always been a pleasure. I love how you see the good in things, the simple things. It hurts me to know that there's so much pain right now in the world and that people like you who have such kind hearts have to witness this. I'm kind of a big I probably deserve everything I get, <laughs> but you are just such a sweet creature. I love I love watching you see beautiful things, if that makes sense. Yes. And I know a lot of our women and children now are are missing those beautiful things and seeing hurtful things. But you told me just this week that um, there's going to be a lot of suffering and hurt, but in the end it'll be worth it. So we know it's coming. Yep. The end will be magnificent. Yep. Episode 15, Stories of the Saints. Thank you for sharing. Until next time, we'll uh, pray that the Lord is with all of us as we continue on towards his kingdom. Thank you. Thank you.